Tum, 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 tum. Tum, tum, tum. Are we going to do that every time? That's great. <laughs> I bet the crowd would love it. Um, we'll think about it. Welcome on in. This is the Captain's Log. We skipped a week because I suck, and here we are. Episode three, week four. We're officially not on track numbering-wise, so you're just going to have to deal with that. It really, I think I'm the only one who's going to get bothered by it. Yeah, I mean, really, there wasn't much last week to talk about. I can't really recall anything happening in the NFL. It's a week we all wanted to forget, to be honest. So we're doing everybody a favor by not making an episode that would make it permanently available for everyone to remember. So you're welcome. Um, the only thing I wanted to touch on from last week was the DeAndre Hopkins versus David Johnson watch. Uh, just, just to see how Bill O'Brien is doing as a head coach in general, because this is the only way you can possibly judge the guy that's 0-3. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> DeAndre Hopkins firmly in the lead with David Johnson at 12.5 points and DeAndre Hopkins bringing in a whopping 23.7 points with 10 catches and 137 yards. So, yeah, the Texans are missing him badly. Maybe this week will be different. Yeah, going against that putrid Minnesota defense. Should be able to put up some points finally. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that he puts up like five touchdowns and Kirk Cousins throws him the ball because for whatever reason, Bill O'Brien will have him play linebacker or something stupid like that just to, you know, pat himself further on the back. I was confused on where you're going with the Kirk Cousins. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's just what he does, I guess, this year. He throws a bunch of picks, so... I'm asking him to do his job. Um, what else we got? Yeah, Adrian Peterson. This is your guy. Not my guy, that's for sure. No, he's your guy. No, he's hogging the spotlight for my guy. Yeah. It's because he's a 36. Is he 36 or is he 37? He's ancient in running back 30. ages. What? That's nuts. Look, if you're a rookie in the NFL and a 38-year-old man with 20,000 yards on his knees takes your job, you're bad at football. End of discussion. Fight me, carry on Johnson, or DeAndre Swift. Playing, um, what year was Peterson on the cover of Madden? <laughs> 2005, I think. He's just trying to relive that year. I hope so, dude. He was so much fun to watch. If he can have another 2,000-yard season, I would become a Lions fan. Or whatever. I guess I – I mean, I've been an AP fan since that year of Madden. Although, now that I think about it, that might have been the year that oh, – who's that Seahawks guy? The Seahawks running back. Uh, Sean Alexander. Sean Alexander. I think Sean Alexander was on the cover in 2005. He's on the cover of Madden 09. Peterson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe he'll be on the cover of next year's Madden. Who knows? We've gotten off topic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, Adrian Peterson is being given the ball like 20 times a game, and that's outrageous and everyone else on the team should feel embarrassed, including Matt Stafford, who's supposed to be throwing the ball those 50 times a game. 
hey, they beat the Cardinals. Something must be working. Yeah, they're doing fine, but I just don't get what their plan is. Like signing AP at the last minute can't have been their season-long strategy. <laughs> no, he signed and played and started in less than a week. How does he even know the playbook? He is the playbook. <laughs> it's, it's the Peyton Manning effect. It's I think the playbook is if Peterson is in, given to him. Otherwise, Stafford can throw it. Yeah. And then Galladay got hurt, so they just kept on putting Peterson back in. And it's been working. It also doesn't hurt, or it doesn't help at all that DeAndre Swift dropped that game-winning touchdown, oh. and Carrion Johnson just, like, can't seem to get more than two yards per carry. I don't know. Um, yeah, I would call that DeAndre Swift dropped catch a, a pride injury, but he's... I would agree. He's the healthiest of the three backs in that backfield, which is kind of a rare thing in the NFL these days because injuries are destroying everyone. Yeah, if it's not um, players purposely hurting running backs when they're already tackled, it's the turf monster coming up and destroying an entire team. Yeah, particularly in MetLife. Man, that seems like a death trap. It's weird how it's only the visiting team that's getting hurt there, though. Stop. 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 <laughs> don't even go there. I don't care I if, if the Broncos make it out. They, they, they play the Denver Broncos. Uh, a very innocent and... Um, <laughs> look, they just want to get in and out of there without any trouble. We're 0-3. We're both 0-3 teams. I feel like we're on the same wavelength. Just like nobody get hurt. And is this why the Broncos are saving their secret weapon in Bortles and not letting him play this week? I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't move Bortles up to the beginning of the roster because, yeah, Driscoll looked awful. The O-line played kind of bad with him back there, but it was, you know, it's, it looks bad for the O-line because they gave up a lot of sacks, quote-unquote, but it was mostly that Driscoll stood there and absorbed a bunch of sacks like an idiot. And then when he didn't, he was throwing the ball at the ground like an idiot. So I'm not surprised he got benched, but I don't know how you go and spend the money on a guy like Bortles, who's probably fine, and decide, you know who we're going to start? Brett Rippon. <laughs> and I want it to work out. I want it as much as, as much as the next Broncos fan. I really want this guy to be good. I just don't want him to be terrible. That's my expectation is don't be terrible and don't die in the game, and you'll be my quarterback. Do you remember that one week last year where all of the Jets – quarterbacks got hurt like one of the weeks when Darnold was out with Mono and Bell like ran the offense. Yeah, they ran the Wildcat for <laughs> the <quarters>. entire game. <laughs> yeah, because when did the quarterback go out? I think it was like middle of the first quarter. I think so. <laughs> they lost two in back-to-back drives or something. It was yeah, that was a crazy game. And yeah, this is an interesting thing that, that pops up in my radar today. So in terms of players on IR there are five teams already in double digits. Uh, can you guess those five? All right, well, the 49ers is pretty yep. easy. That's one. Mm-hmm. Um, Broncos are two. Mm-hmm. Jets, three. Yep. Doing good. I think you can get the last two. <clears throat> Who's missing their entire offense? Oh, the Eagles. Yep, definitely <laughs> the Eagles. <laughs> um, the last one's kind of hard because they don't have any 
well, they have like one or two big players that are missing, but it's uh, I don't know who's the last one. The Seahawks. They have thirteen players on IR. Really, I would yeah. not have guessed that. So well, the interesting thing, and the reason that you probably didn't guess the Eagles, is mm-hmm. so of those top five teams with double-digit IR players, uh, here's the amount of cap that each of those teams has on IR right now. The Broncos have $57.8 million on IR right now. Um, next highest is the 49ers with 45.5. Then the Jets with 23.3, with most of that being Lev Bell. If not, like, I want to look into that more because – that has to be most of it. Yeah. Um, the Eagles have 21.8, and that's mostly because a lot of their players that are on IR are receivers, and receivers that aren't the number one just don't get paid. Um, and the Seahawks are down at 16, so 16 and a quarter. They don't really have... Is it like defensive guys? I think it's like defensive backups. Yeah, I'm trying to yeah. see if it... <clears throat> that checks out. Yeah. On injured reserve, Bruce Irvin, defensive ends. Yeah, just some defensive players. And then um, Philip Dorsett is on IR. But they're... I think he was just signed this year, so... Yeah. It's not a big deal. I think their most expensive player makes $2.5 million a year. Or Oh, his cap hit is 5.9 this year. So, and that's their that's one of their defensive ends. I think he's in the rotation, but he's not a starter. Like. Yeah. He's behind Clowney and... Um, well, not Clowney anymore. Oh, yeah. No, Clowney's still... Is he still on the payroll? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's he's still a cap hit. Um, but, it, yeah. Uh, who would this be? Position. Oh, no. All of their defensive ends are really cheap. A million, a million, a million. 600K. Maybe that's why their defense sucks so bad. Anyway, point being, Denver Broncos have like 30% of their usable cap on IR. And what else is weird is that they are the team right now with the most amount of cash. They have 47 and a quarter to spend. So of the $230 million cap, I'm seeing... Uh, 105 million that the Broncos aren't using. Half, half can't play football. Half of the money that we can spend on football players is not playing football right now. We're going to lose. We're going to lose to the Jets, and it's going to suck. And we're going to lose all 16 games this year at this rate because it's just there. There's no hope for the Broncos. But if they beat the Jets, I'll keep watching. So <laughs> the question will be: Do they go with Locke if they go 0 and 16, or they do they trap Trevor Lawrence? Oh no, they definitely they stick with Locke for now. I mean, if he stay if, if they can get him experience, that's what they'll get out of the season. Because years like this are actually not terrible for teams in the long run. Uh, the 49ers are a good example of this. There's plenty of bad examples, but um, it's not like the talent is gone. Mm-hmm. All those players are going to come back. They may not be the same, but they will all come back. And all of the depth on the Broncos roster is going to have a full season worth of playing under their belts. So all the backups, all the guys that are going to be in rotations when these starters come back, they will have gone up against other NFL teams and they'll get experience. That they, especially this year where there's not as much practice, there was no preseason. There was, you know, all that stuff is gone. This is a good opportunity for those guys to get playing time. Like they're going to get thrashed and they're going to get knocked around the field, but it could be good for the team in the long run. That's all, that's all I can just hold out hope for future years when everyone's back and 
all the people that needed experience are getting experience. Like Jerry Judy's our number one wide receiver right now. And our other rookies, the number two, we have two mm-hmm. rookies at corner, you know, like these are, these are high skill um, positions that young guys just don't get the full playing time at. And it's good that these guys are going to have to do that. I mean, it's going to result in a bunch of losses, but it should be. Yeah. But if it ends up in a high pick, that would be really good for the team. Cause that happened to the Colts a couple years ago when they had the number three overall pick but they already had luck. So they traded back with the jets and got like, they moved from number three to number six and picked up two more second rounders. And they ended up getting Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard and some other really good depth. And then they still had the, an extra second the next year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and <clears throat> especially if we end up 0 16 and we get the number one pick, I hope, 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 hope we don't go for Trevor Lawrence, and I hope we trade it to a desperate team that needs a quarterback. <laughs> Which could be the Jets. <laughs> could be the Jets. Man, Darnold, I really think they need to fire Gase before they give up on Darnold. Right, I agree. But that's neither here nor also, there. Also, most people probably don't realize, but I think Darnold's 22 years old still. So, he's got a lot of time to grow still. Yeah. Josh Rosen is also really young. Yep. Isn't he on the Bucks now? Yeah, he's behind Tom Brady. Yeah, so that, that would be good for him. Wait a minute, wait a minute. No, I'm I'm wrong. He's not behind Tom Brady. He's on the practice squad of the Bucks. Because yeah, he's, he's still, still getting... in the same quarterback room as Tom Brady was picking up from him. Yeah. And he gets to work with Bruce Arians, who's good with quarterbacks. It'll be good for him in the long run. Yeah, he'll get another chance at some point. Um, we were kind of sort of talking about injuries. Um, they made our way around a few of them, but yeah, the, the Eagles offense is really, really beat up. Um, Sanders should play this week, but all of the receivers are just either out for the season or going to be at least another couple weeks, like Alshon, Sean Jackson, Jalen Rager, um, Dallas Goddard. And with Sanders hobbled a little bit, it, it's going to be harder for him to go split out and run receiving downs too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're in a similar spot. They got to rely on the next guy up and just see what they can make out of these weeks. Um, yeah. Uh, I kind of alluded to it when I was talking about being nervous about the Broncos playing in, uh, in MetLife, but MetLife has taken something like six ACLs this year and most of them on the 49ers. So, and just to hit all those names again, all the guys on the 49ers that are hurt, Kittle, Mostert, Garoppolo, McKinnon, uh, Jordan Reed, Nick Bosa, and uh, that other defensive end, whose name I don't remember, but I don't know. They, they have 15 players on IR and are also hurting, but they have a lot of depth. How shitty was it for the 49ers to lose all those guys to injuries and then have to play there the next week? I would, I would be beyond livid. Like I just don't know why the NFL didn't do anything about it. I mean, we were we were kind of texting about this. They said that they went there and did some kind of field inspection and it was up to code. Which who knows what that means? But it's not like there's any fans. You can just put them in the other stadium. It's a plane yeah. ticket. This is a great year to avoid that stadium and figure out what's wrong with the turf and if it's turns out that it's really fine then great there were high school players that played on this this uh, same field 
uh, either over the summer or after the season last year or something. I was reading an article. And I don't remember the details of it, but yeah, I don't know why they're having NFL players go out there when they could uh, not that the high school players should be the ones to get the injuries either, but uh, there's just previous evidence of players playing on that turf and getting injured. Yes. And you can reschedule an NFL game for the other stadium or a different stadium. Like they could go play in neutral ground. It really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Maybe it's just bad luck, but it seems like there's something going on on that field. Yeah, then when we missed last week's episode, we had, um, of all people, McCaffrey and Barkley get hurt. Barkley out for the year, and then McCaffrey with a really weird high ankle sprain on that touchdown. Like, they kept showing the highlight of that play, and it, like, he didn't – no one fell on him. It was a really weird injury. Yeah, it was kind of hard to tell, but you can – I don't know, especially by the way that they've been reporting it out because at first it seemed like four weeks was a good estimate. Now it's seeming like six to eight might be the recovery time, which means that there's – it's it's not just a – Yeah, we'll have to see. I haven't heard much about it other than it being a high ankle sprain. Also, if the – there's keep losing. I guess they beat the Chargers last week, but if they're not going to do anything this year, is there a rush to get them back sooner? Uh, I guess, are you asking me what their record would need to be to like bring them back as soon as possible? Nah, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, in their division, it's going to be a tight race, but no one seems to be pulling away just yet. And it helps a lot that the Falcons look like they are doing everything they can to <laughs> just lose every game. So they only really have to contend with the Bucks and the Saints, and neither of those teams – like, the Bucks look pretty good. The yeah. Saints look troubling, but not necessarily bad yet. Um, they played some takes, elite competition. Yeah, but all it would take is something happening to Kamara, not even something season-ending – but if you were out for a week or a quarter, they lose their entire offense. I didn't see Drew Brees do anything exciting with any other player that entire game last week. And even the week before, it was Kamara, Kamara, Kamara. Yeah, I mean, also, when something's working, do you really need to go away from it? <laughs> when you're throwing five-yard screen passes behind the line of scrimmage and Kamara's running 70 yards down the field for a touchdown. I don't know that you need to be throwing 50-yard bombs. <laughs> uh, I mean, I agree with that, but you also have two other running backs on the roster. And, yeah, they're not as electric as Kamara, but you can spread the load because what that means is that your your blocking scheme is working well and you're getting the defense off, um, you know, out of attack mode and, and kind of on their heels. So keep doing that but you don't have to feed the ball to the same guy. Like the, the highlight touchdown from this last week, there were a couple of broken tackles that were, you know, maybe somebody gets tackled by that. Maybe somebody doesn't. They they didn't all seem that close. It kind of seemed like a play most running backs would be able to make. Just follow the guard that went to go block yeah. on the field for you. Good play. Like, don't get me wrong. Kamari did his part and ran down the field, but that could have been Latavius Murray. Um, that could have been their, uh, I don't know if they have a rookie or I don't know who their third guy is, but um, that could have been that guy, you know, 
I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm just questioning. Everyone seems to be getting hurt, and the high for, high profile players this year are not exempt. And we've seen basically the top six fantasy football draft picks all have something, right? Like it's Adams, Michael Thomas, CMC, Barkley, uh, Edwards Hilaire has been fine, I guess. Um, Miles Sanders is hurt. Josh Jacobs had a hip injury that they've kind of brushed away, but like a lot of these guys that mm-hmm. are elite options are getting hurt. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins carries a questionable tag now. Like all these guys have, and it happens, but it seemed to all happen right at the beginning of the season. And it's the guys that are getting all the action all, um, all the time, like all the, all the targets, all the mm-hmm. rushing attempts. And maybe that volume on, on players that didn't have the preseason and all that, is affecting them worse. That's why they're getting injured more. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Hopefully injuries slow down and or stop altogether and we can just watch good, clean football. That's what I want, but it happens. Uh, injuries all set. Oh, I guess we missed uh, Godwin came back from his concussion and now has a hamstring injury. Kind of unknown timetable on that. At least one week up to four. Yeah, wasn't a ton of information other than him pulling it and then not practicing so far this week. Yeah, we shall see on that one. I imagine Mike Evans benefits quite a bit if Godwin is out, but Godwin was out before and Mike Evans caught a two-yard touchdown and that's it, so who knows. (laughs) I think it was two one-yard touchdowns, actually. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. My bad. The least exciting 14-point week in NFL history. Uh, Caitlin Uh, wasn't complaining as she ran up the score. Yeah, fair enough. Speaking of, you want to hit that next? Yeah, so we are, what, not a quarter, I don't know, three-sixteenths through the season, so... We can go through our current top five scores. So right now, leading the way is the girly guys, Charles, with a high score of 208.29 to open the season in week one. In second is um, Spidey and Mahomes with 192.91. Then Caitlin just lapping the league with two current top five scores of 192.3 and 178.2, and then uh, I would say to my surprise, but when things hit, they, things hit Muffins with rounding out the top five scores with a score of 173.86. Yeah, uh, I got to say, for any of you who are like kind of <laughs> hesitant about coming on to do an interview, Muffins' team exploded the week after he had an interview with us. So just saying, probably a good luck charm. You should probably get on here. That's true. I actually might call him so that he can explode this week as well. <laughs> no, 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 wait. <laughs> I take it back. Can you interview me? Um, that would be great. I think you owe me an interview. I had the highest score in week one. That was who we were going to invite on for the, the next week, but fine. Uh, now, Muffins has had his one week of luck. He can finish one in 13 or one in 14 or whatever it is. I'm fine with that. Now, actually, though, his team is looking a lot stronger than at the beginning. Um, the only one who's kind of 
sucking it up is Mark Ingram. And if you only have one player on your roster that's not very good, I think you're doing okay. Yeah, it's always nice to avoid the injury bug. Yeah, that's true. He's done a decent job of avoiding the injury bug. But his whole bench is not playable. Well, I take it back. He's got Lev Bell on IR. so That's fair. <clears throat> but anyway, shout out to Muffins for A, uh, coming on and then showing up immediately afterwards. And uh, B, graciously deciding to lose to me this week. I think you had a proposal for Muffins this week, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Um, this is mostly a joke, but it started out as a as an aside to our DeAndre Hopkins versus David Johnson watch. Uh, Muffins, if you bench all of your players but DeAndre Hopkins, I was going to say I would bench all my players but David Johnson, but then I had another idea. You can just cut it there. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I don't want to give up the, the win that easily, but I would – go one-on-one with you if you want to bench everybody but one player i'll bench everybody but one player and uh i could duke it out 1v1 braveheart style because if we don't do that i'm frankly going to wipe the floor with you and you have no recourse because you're not on the show this week so i can just trash talk as much as i want think about it um also trade me Le'Veon bell he owes me a full season worth of games and i intend to get them <laughs> Who did you trade for him that year? I forget. Um, that's why rule number one exists. <laughs> no, it's no, no. What player did you give up for him? Oh, Keenan Allen, who had a top <laughs> 10 year. Uh, my team would have been so much better with Keenan Allen. <laughs> I got greedy. I thought Bell was going to hold out for one or two weeks. And then I thought he was going to hold out until the trade deadline. And then I thought they were going to come up with some new Le'Veon Bell rule to let the guy play. And then he went to the beach and got fat. Tom won the season and just every, it was all my fault. That's why we don't trade with Tom, right, Garrett? Um, I'm not sure what you're talking about. <sighs> well, how are you going on? Or how are you doing so far on your mission to trade with every player in the team or every uh, team in the league? So far, I'm making progress. I guess I'm averaging one trade a week, which I'm pretty pleased with. So, um, for those of you that have not been checking the transaction page, I've had one small trade with Caitlin, a little bit larger trade with Rod, and then I would say a pretty big trade with lots of moving pieces with Tom. Yeah, I agree that your trade with Tom was the most impactful. Um, I don't know necessarily that it makes Tom's team... I think it was pretty fair. It seems fair to me just looking at it. I don't know if Tom's going to get much use out of Darren Waller, but uh, he will definitely get value out of Michael Thomas. And I think you'll also get value out of Jonathan Taylor. So, yeah, I mean, plus he's got the depth at RB ones to trade up for a receiver. I think that works out for both of us. Yeah. He's got depth everywhere and it stays the same after this trade. So I think, Probably a good spot for both of you just moving around where you have your high-value players. Um, yeah, that's usually how I try to work my trades there, Charles, just as an FII. Yeah, well... Benefits for both teams. <laughs> some people have different ideas of value than others. But uh, anyways, the other um, <laughs> six of you, be on the lookout because 
kind of try and keep up that average of one trade per week. Uh, I will accept Jonathan Taylor. Speaking of trades, actually, um, be sure to utilize that trade block. Oh yeah, there have been there have been people posted on the trade block that have been traded. Hey, and the new entry on the trade block trading block since we last spoke about it was uh, the Mixed administration adding a bunch of players up out there. So we are at Kudos fifty percent, fifty percent participation. That's really high. Like this is this is the most activity on the trading block I've ever seen in a league, and I'm really excited about it. Um, all right, so let's move on to any interesting league news and highlights. Um, yeah, so uh, this is, again, kind of your thing. Did you want to go over the uh, free agent pickups, the notable ones from the last couple oh, weeks? Oh. Yes. So <clears throat> um, I went through and just have been looking at the players that people are bidding on, and I think some of them make sense, right, given the – performance they've had this year so far but then a couple of them i had the questions on that maybe we can get some people on in future episodes to speak to so going back to post week one pre-week two um charles throwing 38 big ones down on Mahim hines thoughts he had a great week one yes unfortunately i purchased the uh, I hired him to my team after that. Um, I don't want to drop him just yet because I think he's got value in games where the Colts have to throw the ball. But yeah, since the last week two one, weeks the Colts have been uh, smooth sailing. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to wait. We we could look at their schedule a little bit before we started recording, and it looks like I'm just gonna have to hang on to him till after their bye, or drop him and then try to pick <laughs> him up again, which I don't think I could bring myself to do. So I think he'll be valuable later on in the season. I think he also carries value if something happens to Jonathan Taylor, which again, another one of those running backs that's touching the ball 20 plus times a game um, in a season that seems to be riddled with injuries. So it's possible something might happen um, if he's out for a couple games and I think Heinz becomes a really good um, sure, for value sure. piece, but I don't want to bank on that. So if he doesn't start at least giving some floor, because that's what I want from him. I want I want a couple points a week, not yeah. uh, one point a week. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, not super happy about it, but it is what it is. All right, then I think the week following um, NFL injury hell was an interesting bid of $16 on Mike Davis by Wanyan, which surprised me because, A, Wanyan didn't lose anyone, so – I didn't think he'd be looking to pick up a running back. And then two, Tim had the most fab coming out of the draft and then lost McCaffrey and didn't pick up any other running back. Yeah. That was a head scratcher for me. Definitely, definitely a head scratcher in general, because we kind of talked about this in our draft grade episode that Mm -hmm. one of the ways that uh, Tim can kind of earn back some, strength on his roster was to use that extra fab dollars in weeks like that one where there were a ton of injuries and a lot of good names to pick up or at least go after. Uh, to be honest, the reason that I did, I wanted Mike Davis, I could use another good running back. Anyone could like, that's probably what one was thinking, but I didn't bid on him because I just assumed Tim was going to pay, but he didn't. And uh, yeah. Who did he start last week instead? 
Let's uh, let's look. I believe it was Carson and Chris Connor. He lost to you, yeah. Um, I don't know that Mike Davis would have helped. He would have been 16 points better than Dion Lewis. Oh, yes. yes. Or 20 points better. So he would have been eight points away. Um, you know, doesn't change the game. But, yeah, you went out and got Dion Lewis, but there was also your guy's replacement on the waiver wire. And he had a good week when CMC was out. Yeah, I just don't get that one either. I think maybe uh, – Maybe Tim's saving his fab dollars for later on in the season. I don't know. I guess. Um, and then just, I guess that week as well in, um, Onion went out and spent $11 on Mitch Trubisky, which lasted him all of one half of football. One half of football for how many points? <laughs> for $11 of fab. Uh, no, but how many points did he get? How many dollars oh, per I, I, point? <laughs> I think he had maybe 12 points. He had 11.62 points, so he paid $1 per point. Uh, to be honest, I would take that from Naeem Hines right now because, you know. <laughs> $1 per point. Uh-huh. He's already gotten me 10 on my bench, so I'll take the other 28 all at once. Thank you. Uh, no, I, um, I, think, I get – I mean, I don't, I don't blame him. He had a great matchup last week against the Falcons, but he just went back to being Mitch Trubisky and couldn't do anything on offense. Yep. Yeah. I see the matchup argument loud and clear. I really like any opposing quarterback against the Falcons this year. Um, I guess the key is you have to be the quarterback who's playing in the second half because all of the Falcons losses have been just absolute implosions. The last five minutes. Right. Cause last week uh, or the week before, Oh, I guess I'm thinking of the Cowboys. other game when the, when Dak was terrible, but uh no, yeah, that was a that was a Falcons game when they played Dallas. Yeah, got the onside kick at the end. It was twenty to nothing at halftime. <laughs> Dak was in negative points at halftime, but he finished the week with thirty nine points <laughs> <laughs> or twenty seven or something. It was outrageous. He finished with so so many yards and so many touchdowns, and it was all in the second half. So, um, I think Wenyan has the right idea. He has the uh, the quarterback that played in the second half now. Yeah, I think the idea behind picking up the quarterback playing the Falcons is right, but I don't know that I was going to pay anything for Trubisky since he's been on waivers the first three weeks. Yeah, I wouldn't have paid more than a dollar. But, but well, let I me put it to you this way. So if you add the points that Trubisky got plus the points that Nick Foles got, that was a 29-point week for the Chicago quarterbacks. So I think that's what he thought he was buying. All right, that's fair. He did. He did mention that he always ends up with extra fab at the end of the year too. So, yeah, I like that people are being aggressive about using it. Yeah, I like that. I like how people are being more competitive earlier on in the season. Yeah, <clears throat> makes things fun. It also makes me nervous for what Tim can do at the end of the season because <laughs> he already started with a lot more fab than everybody. But like, I already didn't bid on somebody last week because I thought he was just going to buy them, and then he didn't. So I'm a little nervous. Tim just playing the mind games. Yes. Maybe I'm playing the mind games on myself. <laughs> but yeah, uh, then some waiver ads this week. Yeah, so we had Rod going out and spending 45 big ones on, was it Justin Jefferson and Alan Lazard? Which, one's a rookie who's had now had one good game, and then Lazard is not a rookie, What's he, like a third or fourth year player who's 
I think right. he's a third. Very boomer bust. Um, I, I, I guess my bust. He's just he was the only player last year when Devonte Adams was injured that was doing anything. Rogers really likes him. Go ahead and ask your question because I have I have an opinion about these two ads, and uh, I want to see what your question is. Yeah, I just don't know that I would have spent so much on a receiver that is not going to be as productive once Adams comes back from his hamstring injury. So if it were me, I think buying Jefferson at 20 is too much. I would have, I would have been okay with Alan Lazard at like 15 because the quarterback is much better. And with Devontae Adams dealing with a hamstring injury, I mean, Lazard maybe has to do a little bit more. So, yeah. And like, I guess Rod really had a tough week last week with the wide receiver injuries the past two weeks, really. So like I get trying to go out and get one receiver who is doing, has the great quarterback and another receiver that's now getting a ton of volume. Yeah. I see what he's going for, but I also see him chase points every week. So I don't know if it's a good ad. They're both, they both have the opportunity to do well and they have the opportunity to be valuable all season. So I can see some justification there. He also ends up with a lot of fab usually left over. So I think he might be just trying to spend it, but. That's um, true. And you can get more out of the players you spend money on earlier in the year. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like a, like the Mike Davis situation. He's going to be useful for a handful of weeks. So is he going to be great in those weeks? Probably, but he's not a full season ad. And these guys are as much full season ads as you're going to get. Yep. Same with Yeah, exactly. Like Heinz. You just got to pick the week or wait until you got too many buys lined up or stacked up. Right. Um, I guess Brandon Ayuk has been picked up. Carlos Hyde is added. You got a couple players out there that are interesting, but see, like the Hyde one to Tim makes sense if Carson's out for a couple weeks. Yeah, you think he would have done that last week? <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Oh yeah, now's a good time to mention. So we were going to track the biggest blowout of the week, um, but week one it was muffins. Oh no, week one it was me over Rod. I take that yep. back. Um, week two, yeah, I said we were going to track it, and then I was leading into we didn't track it, and obviously we didn't because I don't have the results of those things in front of me. But I know last week it was uh, Caitlin over was muffins. muffins again. It was muffins, but he was on the top side of that one. Yes, correct. Okay, so week one it was me over Rod. Week two, muffins over. Uh, Tom, um, week three, Caitlin over Muffins. So Muffins went from first to worst last week. Uh, Actually, that's crazy. His team put up 173 points, and then the next week put up 99. There have been some weirdly low scores this year already. Yeah. Into the main event, just uh, next week's predictions. I guess we can talk about how we did in the previous weeks. Yeah. came in with another uh, D minus on week two's predictions. We obviously <laughs> didn't do any last week because we didn't make an episode, but in week two, we were right about the Garrett Caitlin matchup. We were right about uh, my matchup with Rod, my rematch with Rod, I guess. Um, one yin lost as we thought, but Tom surprised us as did, well, I guess more appropriately muffin surprised us by having mm-hmm. the top week. Tim pulled out a win over 
John that we weren't expecting. So shout outs to you guys. I don't know what that means. I'm, good job. <laughs> so into this week, first matchup, who do we got? On my page, I've got Tom versus Tim. Tom and Tim. Tom and Tim. This one's kind of interesting because both of them are probably going to lose a player or may ha- may have something happen to one of their guys. Uh, it's in reference to the Pittsburgh and Tennessee game, which we didn't really talk at all about, but first big COVID thing, uh, COVID impact. Yeah, four players now for Tennessee testing positive. Yeah, season is kind of up in the air right now. Not because of the Tennessee players testing positive, but um, – if players from Minnesota start testing positive and they go through with their game, uh, that could be really bad, especially if they don't test positive till next week, because then it won't be clear where they got it from and won't be clear if they pass it on to um, Houston. Yeah. Houston, it'll end up being a big old mess. So just hoping for the best outcome here, hoping that all the players that are testing positive are getting good treatment and are, you know, I'm sure they're getting the best of the best of everything, but hopefully they don't have too many lasting effects and can just come back in. But yeah, the season is kind of precarious for, for these kinds of things. And this is showing us really early on how fragile this year is going to be. Yeah, it'll, it'll be an interesting two weeks for sure. What will you do if the game is on Tuesday? So if the game is on Tuesday, um, the points will count for the week four matchup. What's the cutoff? Like if the game, what if it happens on a Wednesday or something? <sighs> mm. Because that would be after waivers run. So it's a little strange. Yeah, so I think there's two options, really. We can either go with whatever the default path forward is that Yahoo determines for all of their leagues. Or we can, like, I can talk to the people that have players on playing in those two games. And then if, like, kind of confirm which players they would play normally and then whenever those games happen, I can adjust the score for week four so that they have those points and then subtract them from whatever they happen in that week. I don't know. It'll, it it kind of depends on what the NFL does with, with these games. I was thinking about it as you were talking. I think the only <laughs> thing that really makes sense is to make them replace those players because what if they what, – what's happened in the past with, like, hurricanes in previous seasons or, uh, like, snowstorms canceling games – uh, is they swap around buys later on in the season and try to schedule them again later, which could happen in this case. That very well could happen in this case and was one of the first things that was kind of being uh, spitballed by NFL analysts and yep. experts and whoever else. But uh, what if somebody gets hurt between now and one of those games? Like what if Tom says, well, I would play Juju, but by the time they play their week nine rescheduled matchup, Juju's hurt. Is that a zero? Well, so if, if they change it so that week four is their bye week, then that's their bye week. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't adjust anything because I would assume that means they don't have the bye week later in the year as well. Right. But, yeah, if, <clears throat> for me to adjust the scores, it would have to be you're locking in your player now. And, I mean, at least – I don't know all the players offhand, but at least for the people that have players in these – games they're all pretty high profile players so it's pretty obvious that they are going to start james connor derrick henry dalvin cook Tannehill. Tannehill. <laughs> not gonna play golf um, i'll play golf no so yeah um i think if the nfl is going to reschedule the game they'll either have to make this week the bye 
mm-hmm. or they have to have the game before Thursday because that would only give these teams two days to prepare for their next matchup. So even right. if, I mean, postponing these games is kind of hard on all, all of they only get half, they get a short week and even shorter week than they normally would to prepare for uh, the week five game. And they would get no in-person time to prepare for this game. So they would go game rest day, maybe walk through to practice day. Yeah. Walk through or practice day or something. And then they have another game right after that. So that, I mean, it's going to mess yeah. these teams up for a couple of weeks. So. Yeah. I mean, it would be, I think it would, if they could work the schedule so that they play the games on Tuesday and then they do a double Monday night game with these four teams next week and then they can get back to normal. But yeah, I don't want to make any ruling on it until we figure out what the NFL wants to do with scheduling the game. Yeah. My, my strong suspicion is that it'll just get postponed and they'll swap around later buys. And then I think you're exactly right. Just treat it like it's a buy. Which brings us back to this matchup where I think that hurts uh, Tim way, yes. way, 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 way more than it hurts Tom. Tim has no other running backs on his roster that are like startable. Like Carlos Hyde would be the guy to start. Well, if actually, Carson's I can't even, you can't even say that because Carson may be out. And if Carson's out and Connor's on his bye, ugh, Deion Lewis, he would have uh, to Tim, start. I got Deion some Lewis. running backs on my bench. I got some extra running backs on that. Ronald Jones. <laughs> Ronald Jones is on the trade block. Also, I actually, I would give you Ronald Jones for uh, Michael Gallup, who's also had kind of a dud of a season so far, except for last week. Think about Everyone it. Everyone scored last week. Yeah. Game. Yeah. 79 points put up in that game. Everyone scored. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for running backs, we got them. So trades aside or, even waiver pickups, there's no running backs really out there that you can trust. Um, maybe, you know who you can like, trust for six points? <laughs> Jordan good old, Howard. Good old Frank Gore. <laughs> Frank Gore, yeah. Uh, Adrian Peterson's out there too, isn't he? Yeah, he still is. That, that should be six points there. He had nine last week on 25 touches. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so I think Tom takes this one. Uh, he's got the advantage on depth and if Michael Thomas plays, then his, his team looks a lot scarier. Um, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> uh, the next one I had up was uh, Onion versus Caitlin. So Blouses versus Crimea River. Onion's team looks a little less scary than I want to give him the win because he's got no Derrick Henry, most likely. So, yeah, I, I think Caitlin wins because the Yahoo projection of 23 and a half points for Alvin Kamara is sadly probably 10 too low. <laughs> what, what is it currently for Jones? Cause that might be too low playing against Atlanta. 18.28. <laughs> oh yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna score like five times, especially That's if Devonte Adams out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to go with Kate on that, on that game as well. Yep. Yeah. And, and again, Mike Evans with no Godwin. That's a Derek Her team is so good. That's stupid. Um, I mean, well, let's go through Wanyan's roster and like, what's his win condition? Because Tyree Kill could blow up. Mike Davis could have another big week. Uh, Will Fuller is playing against the 
garbage Minnesota defense. So as much as it's going to hurt Wanyan emotionally for him to go off, he could he could finally show up because he's done nothing this season. It's about time for him to put up a forty point week and then disappear for the rest of the season. Yep. So Henderson's playing the Giants. Yeah, that's a good matchup for him. <clears throat> They'll probably get ahead early and then run. I think they're favored by 12 and a half points. That's the, the over under in this game. I'm not kidding. There's two points with, or there's two games this week with double digit over unders. And I think that's one of them. Um, let me double, just check. It is. Yeah. Rams minus 12 and a half is the line on that game. So wow. ridiculous. The other one is the Ravens versus the football team. And that's plus 13 and a half on the football team. <laughs> That's almost believable because the Ravens are going to do the Raven stuff. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Um, you got a matchup between John and Kayla, Mixon administration versus Ed Gandalf Hearts. We should have Kayla as our next guest. I'm pretty convinced she has to explain what Gandalf Farts are. Going with Kayla in this game just from – couple of blow-up spots. I think Lamar's going to try and run up the score, even especially playing in Washington. But I think he's going to want to prove a point that last week was a fluke and not that he's not that good of a quarterback. Amari Cooper's been super consistent this year. Um, Julio should finally be healthy. And in a shootout with Green Bay, Drake is playing Carolina, who's not that great as a team. Montgomery doesn't have Cohen, so he should get more pass work. Boyd's got a connection with Burrow now. She's got a really, really good team this week. Yeah. And then John, I think, is really going to be missing Godwin because I don't know that Ertz is going to do a ton against even the depleted San Francisco team because he's their only pass catcher. It's going to be pretty easy to double him all game. And then... I don't know about Nikhil Harry. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks on John's side of the on John's side of the competition here. Like Burrow has been good, but yeah, like with Roethlisberger questionable to even be an option. The next man up on his bench is Devonta Freeman, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Maybe they get him involved in the game a lot more this week, but I just don't see it. So that's a that's an oof. Um, so is, yeah, Ertz and, and Harry, I'm not sold on. Harry could have a big game because they might have to throw a lot against Kansas City. So I'm not totally <laughs> out on him, but. That was my thinking last week with Marquise Brown. <laughs> yeah, he dropped a touchdown. So, oh, no, it wasn't him. That was, Lamar uh, was Mark Andrews. <clears throat> yeah, Andrews dropped the touchdown. And Lamar threw a line drive instead of a pop fly to him. Yeah. Oh, Lamar. Yeah, so a lot, like, a lot less question marks for Kayla this week. Yeah. Yeah, and Joe Mixon has been – yeah, exactly. Like, Joe Mixon has been kind of bad. But the He's same argument could be made. I think Drake and Mixon are exactly the same. They haven't yeah. scored touchdowns. They haven't been featured throughout the entire game like you would want them to be. And they haven't not... caught any passes. Yeah, yeah. So – and their projections are point two apart. So I think Yahoo agrees with us. Those are kind of very, very similar guys that they're bound to do something eventually, but you're kind of at that, you're, you're poking them with a stick right now and saying, hey, are you there? So, yeah, 
I, I think Kayla takes this one, especially if she gets a defense that doesn't play Dak Prescott next week. Last up is uh, me and Muffins. Yep. Um, yeah, unless you agree to my mono mono challenge and DeAndre Hopkins can pull some magic that Calvin Ridley can't. Yeah, I think I got this one here, pal. Yeah, I think Newton's not going to do as well. They were able to stymie Lamar, who just... I would argue is um, a better running quarterback than Newton is at this point. Hopkins will he'll be fine. He'll get his back half. Well, I'm sure he'll put up another. What, what he's been averaging, averaging what like six for ninety in a touchdown. I don't think he'll have any issue getting that against Miami. But Ingram's kind of a question mark. Gordon's kind of a question mark, even though he's playing the Jets. Like the Broncos. <laughs> Kind of offense, kind of a, as a whole, is a question mark. <laughs> it is so sad to watch because you would think that Melvin Gordon, with no Philip Lindsay and with the new quarterback in there, they would just dump it off to him like two downs out of yeah. three. You'd think, you would think, but they don't do that. They throw it deep on first down, and then they get a two-yard rush up the middle on second down, and then they're stuck at third and eight, and they can't do it because every team back. blitzes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're like, well, of course the offense isn't working. They get the ball and they get three and out and they're done. So that's why Melvin Gordon is not going to be a good play this week. I think they're going to, I, I, you know what, if he puts up 40 points and I lose, then I'm happy. So, but yeah, and you'll know Thursday night as well. And I'll know Thursday night. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, and then who knows which, Gardner Minshew showing up. Good point. I I see that the same way. There's a quarterback he reminds me of from either last year or the year before, and I just don't know who it is. It might be – I might be thinking like Daniel Jones. Yeah, where he was like super hot one week but then had three fumbles the next week. Yeah. He doesn't do as much turning the ball over. He's just bad. Yeah, that game was frustrating to watch just because there were so many dropped passes last week. It wasn't all his fault, no, no. but... Uh, yeah, there were only 12 incompletions, and probably five or six of them were drops. But it just looked bad. It didn't look like he yeah. knew where to go with the ball a lot. The easy answer is to check it down to James Robinson. That was half of his completions. Maybe not half, like, more like a third. <laughs> hey, it was working. Yeah, I'm so jealous. Did you get him for free? Um, yeah, I did. Uh, uh, man. That's <laughs> no, okay, because you went with <laughs> Rykel Armstead, I think. I did. I picked him up for a couple – or for game one, maybe? you got him for free. Yeah, I got him for – no, I didn't spend any money on him, but I had him for a game, maybe two. I think it was just one. No, I think you picked him up – once Fournette got cut, but yeah, you probably maybe you probably cut him after the first week. I might have cut him before the first week started. Let me look. Anyway, this is not important. Um, yeah, I think I beat Muffins. I think my players had kind of a down week last week, and they will not do that again. Yeah, now they know better. Yeah, they. <laughs> I, Calvin Ridley showed up last week. He he kind of gave me the stink eye. So yeah, I think he'll be good for another 100-yard game against Green Bay. Yeah. The nice thing about my week this week is if 
Calvin Ridley does well. I think Devontae Adams will do well also because they're playing against each other. And the same goes for Todd Gurley because I think that's going to be a lot of points. And um, I'm pretty confident in Devontae Parker, who I know you don't like, but I believe in him. And I think this is a good week for him because he's playing, I think, the worst pass defense in the NFL right now. Yep. Um, and I'll give you for as injured as he looked on Thursday, he played very well. Yeah, he did. He did pretty well. Um, not that Jacksonville has very threatening secondary or anything, but he, he did well getting open and he was still kind of hobbled. So maybe this week with a yeah, bad secondary well. and yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm hopeful because I need Devonte Parker to do something. He's been <laughs> fine. He just hasn't been good. Yeah. So I'm waiting for that big week. All right, and then you got my matchup as well. Oh yeah, you exist. Oh, my bad. I, I almost <laughs> I did I did completely forget about you and Rod. Yeah, I think you beat Rod here fairly handily. For some of the reasons that we were talking about when we were in the waiver section, I think yep. Justin Jefferson will get a little bit more action this week. He'll probably get targets because every coach saw the same thing that we saw last week, which was seven for 175 and a touchdown, a huge breakout week for Justin Jefferson. They're going to give him the ball more often than they were, but I don't know if it's going to be enough to make him relevant. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm just looking at Rod's team, but he's got a lot of players in some high scoring games. Should be a good good game, good matchup. Yeah, I think this might be one of his better weeks, but I'm not sure it's going to be you because you should have a good week too. Uh, I think Jacksonville versus Cincinnati is going to be a higher scoring game than most people think mm-hmm. because both of those teams suck and their offenses are not the biggest weakness. So they're going to both score. Like That may be a high scoring game, but it might be a bad high scoring game. Right. Like Bengals players with nobody guarding them and six broken tackles and Joe Mixon going off, not Kamara doing Kamara stuff. Um, but I have a question for you. Why uh, Why are you starting Antonio Gibson at Baltimore? So I saw something that Hunt was hurt. He had some groin injury. So I'm just waiting for some more uh, – information on that like i didn't notice anything in like the brief glimpses of the game that i saw but i was also at caitlin's disc golf tournament so i wasn't really watching the game gotcha it didn't i watched most of that game um i don't know it's hard to tell like sometimes you can clearly see but as it for a groin injury i don't i don't know hard to tell um you got robert woods out there too I like Antonio Gibson. I have him in my work league, and I want to be able to start him. I really do, but he feels like Miles Gaskin to me, who you also had until recently. Yeah, I mean, Gaskin's been averaging 15. (sighs) Yeah, (laughs) I really like Gaskin. I like Antonio Gibson, too. Antonio Gibson needs to be given twice as much action as he's getting. He just needs the receptions. He's getting, like, a decent amount of carries, but, like, for some reason they want to keep checking it down to J.D. McKissick instead of the guy that played receiver in college. It doesn't make much sense. 
And Adida does keeping Dwayne Haskins as a starting quarterback. No. Well, I mean, okay, so the Dwayne Haskins thing is a totally other conversation. <laughs> to me, okay, you bring in Riverboat Ron, right? He's in Washington now. Am yeah. I? Yeah. Am I? Yes. And he previously coached, oh, who's that? Christian McCaffrey, where last year he was their whole offense. He was like 46% of their total yards or something outrageously high. And then you get another freak athlete in Antonio Gibson, who he he went to junior college and whatever, but he looks good in the NFL so far. Why aren't you giving him the ball? Like, what are we not, what do we not see? Because he, looks like the same recipe should work and uh maybe he's just waiting i don't i don't get it like seems like that should be a a no-brainer especially if if it were a team where there was something that was already working i understand it but the offense sucks in washington yeah it's bad it's either throw a slant to mclaurin or uh, pump the ball (laughs) yeah or take a sack like it's awful so why not play the Christian McCaffrey card because it's working for the Saints and it was working for Christian McCaffrey and last year it worked for Austin Eckler like the a lot of teams build their offenses around one electric guy and you have him and you need to win the game so like just go for it yeah uh, who's that who's that one team in New Orleans he has not seem to work down there the New Orleans Camaras <laughs> yeah. someone uh Someone was talking about it at work. Camara is a rising boy baby name in Louisiana. Uh, that does not surprise me. Yeah. Or even Alvin. Yeah. I get a kick out of it. I think it's fun. Uh, like Peyton was a popular name in Colorado for a handful of years. Probably yep. still is. <laughs> oh, Peyton. What What I wouldn't give to have Peyton Manning back on the Broncos. <laughs> uh, he'd probably be way better than QB... Eight. Yeah. <laughs> Is there nobody better out there? Like, can't we get one of those XFL guys? <laughs> uh, it's hard. I'm just waiting for Peyton to come back to be a coach. I want him to buy the org. Actually, there's some drama in Broncos <laughs> land. The uh, the old owner died, and there's kind of been a dispute amongst his three children, who kind of either. They can't agree on who's supposed to take over. One of them wants to split it up and the other two want to keep it and put themselves in charge. So there's no unified front. And what that means is that John Elway is basically running the entire show. Yikes. Yeah. John Elway, as good of a football player as he was, not the smartest dude. So no, there's a difference between playing football and coaching football. He's not even coaching, to be fair. He's trying to run a team. Yeah, he's he's basically a bookkeeper now. Yeah. His, his job is to decide people's salaries and, like, plan for the future and negotiate trades and stuff. And that's, apparently draft quarterbacks. And well, that's part of his job, but he's at an F on that so far. And Drew Locke could be good, but he's injured so far the whole time he's been in Denver. So, yeah, uh, I like John Elway, but... I think him as our GM with no real ownership kind of keeping him responsible is it's the reason the Broncos have sucked for five years straight. It's the reason why the Jets are terrible. I think Gase is the GM too. Uh, 
Yeah, Peyton Peyton made Adam Gase. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I was listening to some sports radio where it was like, Adam Gase must think he ran the best offense out in Denver when it was really just Peyton changing all the play calls at the line. <laughs> I I heard some rumor that Peyton had his radio helmet removed without telling Gase at some point his last year there. I'm sure it's not true. It can't be. Peyton's too nice of a guy to do something like that. But it would be funny if it were real. Gase is just the uh, There was an interview with, um, you know how Pat McAfee does like a radio show now? Mm-hmm. He had Aaron Rodgers on, and Rodgers like, yeah, sometimes I pretend my headset doesn't work so that I can call my old voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what, that, that's what got Jordan Love drafted. <laughs> I mean, in Rodgers' defense, he's playing like a man on a mission this year. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Which hopefully Devontae Adams comes back. Uh, anyway, I think we're kind of off topic. So we got the we got the injuries, we got the league nudes, we got the – League notes, uh, league notes. Wow, I'm gonna leave that in. Um, some waiver news, waiver buzz. Thanks to everyone who's active. I feel like I don't need to be thanking you for playing fantasy football, but it's fun. So thanks. And uh, yeah, check that trading block. And we will definitely get an episode out every week from here on out. That's that's the tr- that's the attempt. Yeah, and just so people are aware, I don't have to be um, the only person doing trades. Other people are trying, Garrett. We're just all stubborn. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, how do we end the thing? We always do this. I don't know how to end these episodes. We need, like, outro music. Oh, yes. I thought you meant, like, how to stop the recording. No. <laughs> I, I, know how to, <laughs> I know how to stop the recording. Thanks, Garrett. Thanks for the vote of confidence, Garrett. <laughs> We're just going to play the um, Monday Night Football opener, but...